0: Welcome into A to Z Sports powered as always by the Ben MGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Jack Gentry of the Titan Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. And we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and threads for more great Titans content. We got to thank uh, our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you. Like Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go to make them a part of your new car buying process. Uh, the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhpcom atoz. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the Mid State in Columbia, Franklin, and in Murfreesboro. They are online at KrebsKibota.com. So Jack, the NFL offseason is full of important dates and a couple of dates uh, were this week. One of them was Sunday night into Monday morning yesterday where uh, any expiring contract that did have a void year or voided years attached to it uh, that were not extended, now all of those void years pile into 2024 so for example uh the Tennessee Titans had a couple of void years on Ryan Tannehill's contract they're not extending Ryan Tannehill as we obviously know so instead of those two void years being in 2024 and 2025 those automatically roll all into one so the Titans have 9.6 million dollars of Ryan Tannehill cap on this year when he's gone right so that's how that worked Uh, and then. There's some others in that, like Aziz Alshire, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting. Those guys had a couple void years on their one-year deals. They were not re-signed by yesterday. So now the Titans will eat that cap space uh, this year. They can still be re-signed, Aziz and, and Sean Murphy Bunting. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out as free agency goes. And today, Jack, is when the franchise tag window opens. And so the, the teams across the league will have the next two weeks or so to tag uh, players before they hit the open market of free agency. So we'll see if uh, T Higgins and maybe some others around the NFL get those franchise tags, but it is a uh, full off season mode. Uh, so Jack, how has your off season gone so far as you're uh, kind of watching these different things happen on social media around uh, Titans conversations?
1: Yeah, you know, you know, it's kind of a slow burn in the offseason, right. right? Like like the Titans had to take care of some business and, and piecing together Brian Callahan's staff, which I think so far they've done a great job in doing so. Just a couple minor hires uh, left over there to complete. But you're right, today begins franchise tag season. And it's a very important date for Titans fans as they look to add a wide receiver in free agency. T. Higgins is a guy that a lot of people – expect to be tagged today um and you know which wouldn't be a surprise by any means and it doesn't mean the Titans are out of the T Higgins sweepstakes you can still trade for the guy the Bengals want to make sure they get something in return so they don't just let him walk for free something that the Nashville Predators have done over the last few years which has kind of messed up their window their rebuild or retooling I should say so that's still on the table but I do expect Higgins to be franchise tagged with Austin you, you, the money gets made in free agency, baby. I'm, I'm ready for that to get going. I'm ready for that. Because they have, the Titans, look, they're they're one of the teams in the NFL with the most holes. They have some of the most holes of any franchise in the NFL right now as it currently stands. And they're going to you know, one free agency addition isn't going to help. Two isn't, you know, isn't going to fix everything. They've got four or five positions they really need to figure out in free agency whether that's bringing a guy back or finding a guy outside of the building to bring in and plug in and play. So that's what gets me going. You know, but franchise tag season is kind of the start of that because you know, based on some of these decisions that other teams are making with their tags, that kind of lets the Titans know, okay, this is what you need to shore up in free agency. This is where you need to find your wide receiver or your left tackle or your right tackle or a guy on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's in the draft or free agency. So the puzzle is starting to to be put together, I guess. And the franchise tag day is is where it all begins. I have sirens just going crazy outside of my house.
0: <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So it, we'll, we'll see how that continues. And uh, I know we'll have more shows this week about the Titans free agency plan. Uh, because they have currently the fourth most salary cap space in the NFL. Uh, after the uh, voided years kind of pile into one. The Titans drop below the Patriots. And then the Chicago Bears cut a bunch of people and they jump the Titans when it comes to cap space. So that's where the Titans are around $65 million of cap space as it stands today. Uh, and then they could also make some cuts. And maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow, mm-hmm. about cuts the Titans can make that creates more salary cap space. But Jack, let's dive into an article that Sam wrote yesterday on A to Z sports.com with the headline is that Will Levis is already making the Titans an NFL hotspot. And so I think what we've seen for this is this has to do a lot with the coaching hires and the moves that were brought in. Brian Callahan uh, as the head coach had several interviews across the NFL for head coaching positions. The Titans did not want him out of the building uh, when they brought him in for the in-person interview. And Callahan talked about how Will Levis was an attractive part of what this job is. Amy Adams Shrunk said and co- coined him as a promising young uh, quarterback as the uh, controlling owner of the team started her search for a new head coach to replace Mike Vrabel. And then Nick Holtz, a new offensive coordinator, was brought in uh, under Brian Callahan. And Holtz was asked about Will Levis. And uh, from a guy who spent the last year in the AFC South, Nick Holtz also talked about how attractive uh, Will Levis was for this new job as Titans offensive coordinator.
1: Your thoughts on Will Levis and just developing him? I mean, look, it's going to be his fourth offense of four years. What are your guys' thoughts on that? So, you know, starting with Will, last year in Jacksonville, you know, we weren't really in the first round quarterback market, so I hadn't really watched very much of him. And then starting to watch him, you know, when I was with the Jags as, you know, opponent crossover film, you know, the first thing that kind of jumped off is obviously, you know, the arm talent and then the second thing I would say that really jumps off is the toughness. Right? I think the you know, we talk about for quarterbacks, you know, the really the three things we're looking for is decision making, accuracy and toughness and you saw all that, you know, and I'm sure, you know, uh he would say he probably wants uh to improve in some of those areas and things like that, but you could see that baseline there for him of that those skills are there. And so it was uh Uh, You know, I think it's a reason what made this job probably so attractive to Brian and probably the rest of us.
0: So attractive uh, to Brian and attractive to the rest of us of Will Levis's traits. And I I think the fact that Will Levis did get a significant amount of work as a rookie does make a lot of Titans fans feel better about what can be achieved early in this uh, rookie contract. From the second round pick, after you know he look come out guns a blazing against the Falcons and put up historic numbers from a rookie debut. But overall, Will Levis is definitely a a big time positive for any coach who's joining the staff, and I think could be a positive for players coming to the staff or what Will Levis showed as a rookie.
1: Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think Titans fans, you know, have a solid understanding of what Will Levis brings to the table as a passer. And that's, again, with no continuity in a system, like he mentioned there, uh, four years, four different systems for Levis. He's managed to succeed at least to some degree in each of those years. And, you know, another system comes along this year, probably the most stable ever since Liam Cohen coached him at Kentucky. Uh, I, I think that we're going to see Will Levis take a big step his sophomore season in this league. And that's something that you should excite Titans fans, but it's something that also makes the Titans a little bit more attractive than they've been in the past for incoming free agent pass catchers, right? Because you know you go down through the Titans' history, they've never had a four thousand yard passer. Austin, yeah, it, it's been since Warren Moon in nineteen ninety one since this franchise had a four thousand yard passer. Will Levis can do that, and all it takes to do that is averaging two hundred and thirty five yards per game. You play all seventeen, you average two thirty five, that's four k. Right there, and uh, you know, I th- I think that's very achievable for for Will Levis in any system, um, it, as long as he has the right protection and the right weapons at his disposal. So you know, I, I I do expect big thanks from Will Levis this season. I think that, um, you know, he's still got a lot to learn, but he's he's got a right, he's got the right mentor in the building in Brian Callahan and Nick Holtz.
0: Yeah, and so that's where we're gonna go with this. Our first question to get the uh, chat more involved this morning so far on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Because Brian Callahan, we see, has a really strong reputation around the NFL when it comes to him as a coach, where he's been, uh, who he's coached, and the staff that he's been a part of. So let's ask this question to get you guys more involved. Who makes the Titans a more attractive free agency destination? Is it quarterback Will Levis, or is it the head coach, Brian Callahan? Who makes the Titans a more attractive free agent destination? The player... Or the new head coach? Because you don't know what the new head coach is going to be. There's a lot of unknowns about him uh, running the ship for the first time in his uh, 39, 40 years uh, of life. But you've also just seen a small sample size of what Will Levis can be as a rookie quarterback. So who makes the Titans a more attractive landing spot in free agency? Is it quarterback Will Levis or is it the new head coach, Brian Callahan? We'll get to all of your comments here in a second, but first I want to tell you guys about our great friends as always from Krebs Kubota. They are the best equipment provider in the mid-state because they've been doing this for over 18 years as a family-owned and operated company. Krebs Kubota has been able to grow from just Columbia's location to now adding Franklin and Murfreesboro to go along with it. And how does a family-owned and operated company expand like that in such a uh, competitive industry with big equipment. It's because they're good at what they do. They're great with their customers. They build relationships because that's important for you to have a relationship with your equipment provider. And they've also got great resources because they are an elite Kubota dealer, which means they have the best equipment in the industry. And also with their great relationship with Kubota, the best warranties in the industry. So that's where you should turn for all of your equipment needs. Spring is right around the corner. That means outside projects. Once it stops being like Weeks of 70 degrees one day and snow the next day, like we had last week in Nashville, it's time to get those outdoor projects ramped up. And Krebs Kubota can be your teammate for that. So check them out online at KrebsKubota.com.
1: BetMGM is the place to go if you're looking to scratch that itch in your sports betting needs. BetMGM is by far the king of sports books. Use our bonus code that you see on our screen, A to Z sports. You'll receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. Tons of stuff going on right now. The NHL season's in full swing. The NBA is about to come back from its All-Star break after a disastrous All-Star weekend, something that's become a theme for that league here lately. College baseball's ramping up. You can find all of these different games on BetMGM. The selection is unmatched. Boosted odds, parlay features, live betting options. They've got the whole nine over at BetMGM. So if you're going to get in the game, do it with BetMGM and do it with our bonus code ATOZ Sports.
0: Uh, speaking of uh, scratching itches, I successfully have fought off a sneeze for the last three to four minutes, and it's gone. I All I right. thought I wasn't going to make it in the end of that Kubota read, uh, but I, I was able to successfully fight that off. All right, so Jack, the question today is: Who makes the Titans a more attractive free agency destination? Is it the quarterback Will Levis or the head coach Brian Callahan? I will send you to the chat on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Or, by the way, we need way more likes than what we've got. we got a pretty good audience here for February 20th. They're in the slowest part of the NFL calendar. But we need more likes on the show. So, uh, Jack, I'll send you to chat. Uh, Who makes the Titans more attractive for free agents, Levis or Callahan?
1: Ashley says it's Callahan. But we have Titans Kyle who believes it's Levis. Deshaun agrees. So does Hoshi. Um, Stephen King says it's Brian Callahan. JR is also on Team Callahan. Richie says it's Levis. Curtis C says neither. Rand Carthon. Rand Carthon, okay. excuse me. Uh, Nathaniel now, this is an says, A or
0: B. This is an A or B option. So Rand no Carthon here. with a C is not involved.
1: No write-ins. Uh Nathaniel says it's Levis. Uh Thea says it's the coaches. Brian Callahan from Andrew. Um Will Levis plus D Hop says Cameron Strong. Um it's the head coach, says Rooney. Uh Billy says it's Levis. Um, really wish it was Levis says Jaquan. So I'm assuming he means Callahan is the more attractive. Um, neither from Jeff. We have both from Cameron. Uh, Coach Callahan from Nicole. Hop from Corey. Callahan from Darren Lee. Levis from MB. Uh, Callahan from Ken. I'd say that Callahan's probably the leader in the clubhouse so far. But Danny says it's Levis. So does Scott to get things a little bit closer. Will Levis. That's the whole reason the Titans brought in Callahan. Supreme Nick with some next-level thinking there. Um, Callahan, for sure, from Dion. um, Head coach, he's the one with the relationships. Callahan, receivers will benefit from his coaching style, says Jason. Callahan and Pappy Callahan, from Jacqueline. (laughs) I like that comment. Um, Austin, you know, to me, I like this question a whole lot because I think there's, you know, great – Examples of evidence why each player could possibly bring in outside additions in free agency, why they make the Titans more attractive in their own right. But to me, I think the answer right now, and this changes with a monster season next year from Levis, the answer right now is Brian Callahan. Look, he's got a great reputation. A lot of people have seen the Bengals on national television in big games for the last four or five years. They're used to seeing Brian Callahan's offense on the field in big moments and converting in big moments. And then we have last season's evidence with Jake Browning and the Bengals made a playoff push without their star quarterback in Joe Burrow because Callahan and Zach Taylor made that offense so cozy for anyone that's taking snaps back there. The reason why it's not Will Levis right now is because the world hasn't gotten to see the best of Will Levis yet. I don't know how many players around the league tuned in to see Will Levis make every throw in the books Against the Falcons in his debut, I, I think that that performance flies under the radar nationally, just because of where the Titans and the Falcons were at that point in the season. Now, Will Levis did have an opportunity on Monday Night Football, in which he had a, he led an incredible come from behind win on the road at Miami, um, to show the league that hey, you know what, I'm here to stay. I'm a guy that could transform the Titans into, you know what people have known the Titans to be over the last three or four years, which is a contender in the AFC. So I think that Levis has done a couple of great things, but I don't know how much attention it's got nationally. And I don't know how big of an impact that has on free agents with it being such a small sample size, right? From Levis. And I get it. Callahan hadn't called plays yet, but I think that the way people talk about Callahan, the way that Rich Gannon and Peyton Manning and Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford have all talked about Brian Callahan makes him a more valuable recruiting tool For the Titans right now. You know, I mentioned that the Titans had never had a 4,000 yard passer, which Mm -hmm. is not attractive to free agent wide receivers at all. I think that Will Evans can become that. They haven't
0: had many thousand yard receivers outside of A.J. Brown and Diop
1: recently. Exactly. You know, you got Delaney Walker in there, which, you know, the tight end, I don't know how many great offenses, you know, are led by a tight end outside of Kansas City. But, you know, another thing the Titans hadn't had in a long time is an offensive minded head coach that works. Like they tried it with Ken Wisenhunt. They tried it with Mike Malarkey, who had a background in tight ends. They tried it with Munchak, who had an offensive line background. You know, Hunt's really the only guy that had experience with the quarterback position. And mm-hmm. I think that's why Brian Callahan has the most potential here. And that's why right now I believe Brian Callahan is the best recruiting tool on offense that the Titans have. You know, you can argue D-Hop, but he's only got one more year left on his deal. Nobody knows how much longer he's going to be here. Will Levis is here to stay, and I believe Brian Callahan is too. So... You know, just because of what people know about Brian Callahan, what people have said about Brian Callahan, to me, he's the most attractive recruiting tool that the Titans have at their disposal on offense.
0: It's, it's, it's man, man, this is interesting. Uh, and the Kendall Wright is getting some uh, name play. Titans Cal says, don't downplay sure. Kendall Wright uh, as a thousand yard receiver. Yeah, Kendall, my guy, uh, it's approaching 10 years ago that Kendall Wright had a thousand yards on like 94 catches. Uh, barely getting over 10 yards a catch uh, during his uh, best Titan season uh, and his best season in the league. So this is a tough question just because you actually know more about Will Levis and his job than you know about Brian Callahan and his. Like not only has Callahan never been a head coach before, he's never been an offensive play caller before, and now he's doing both. Will Levis has done this, and you mentioned that you're not really sure what the rest of the NFL around them feels about Will Levis. And that's fair because it's, you know, he was a polarizing figure a year ago during that draft process and he fell to the second round and it was a, it was a big part of the broadcast on the first round of the draft because you saw him sitting there on the couch the whole night. And then he goes back home uh, for the second round because he doesn't want to be there and had that party to get back. All this stuff, right? All the mayo, the bananas, everything about Levis. I think his best moment, I think the moment that he had against Atlanta was never really seen. It was a noon game on a, a random October slate that got covered up by a lot of other broadcasts. I think the moment that put him on the map was beating the Miami Dolphins in Miami with a 14-point comeback in the fourth quarter, like the last 40 minutes. And that stat that, like, oh, it's, it's only been done like, one time in 700 games or whatever that crazy thing was. But I think that Miami Monday night performance is what really opened the league's eyes to Will Levis. Cause you see the fire that he plays with, you see the arm talent and you saw the playmaking and the clutch factor. And so I think that was a big feather to put in his own cap of, I can do this in at this level in Miami where Miami at that point, I don't think it lost a home game. Uh, and that was the really the start of their unraveling, to where they blew their shot at a home playoff game, where they didn't have to go up to KC in negative degree weather and lose in the wild card weekend. Right, so I think Will Levis has a growing reputation, which is what the title of the show says. But I still don't think he is more attractive than what Brian Callahan brings, because Brian Callahan with Will Levis. Let's you see the vision, right? Like if Will Levis was here with Mike Vrabel, you're still looking at Mike Vrabel doing things the Mike Vrabel way. It takes Brian Callahan's mind and his reputation as an offensive forward guy that makes it, that makes Will, Lab, Will Levis more attractive. Like you saw Levis with Vrabel, saw some good stuff, but now you know Callahan is what can unlock Levis. And I think that's the extra carrot. To make it even more attractive for free agents. Now, somebody had said there was a couple comments that I liked uh in the chat. Uh Dion says Levis attracts the coaches, Callahan attracts the players. Love I think that. that's a really good comment over great comment, so, Dion. Love of the show from goes to Dion for that. And then Jody says, neither. It's the cap space, it's the money. And obviously, that's a big deal. There's no doubt about that. The tight the fact that the Titans have the fourth most available cap space in the NFL. Right now, after the Bears cut some people and the the voided years pile into one, where the Patriots and the Bears jump the Titans over the weekend, yeah, that, that's a big time thing in this. The Titans can spend money, and teams know that or players know that the Titans are desperate to reset, desperate to have a new core, and there's opportunity to go get theirs. And when it comes to the the bank and get theirs, when it comes to the role that they want on the team, so. But I think Brian Callahan and Will Levis are both big-time positives for this offseason of bringing in and luring in talent.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I want to make a couple points before we move on. And MB brings up a good point. He says most of the national media didn't know who Callahan was, players as well. And while it's it's fair to think that, I guess, but you remember when we were going through these head coaching options during our search and we went through the polls of, you know, the most respected coordinators in the NFL – with that 2,500 player poll that the NFLPA released, well, yeah. Ryan Callahan ranked fourth on that list, and they pulled almost 900 offensive players in this league. So clearly, they know who Callahan is, right? And they also respect him because you don't rank top five amongst all the offensive coordinators in the NFL. You know, you know when 900 players are pulled with without people believing in your system, and that's the next thing. Is this question really boils down to? What what do you value more, the system or the operator? Will Levis is the operator. It's Brian Callahan's system. And when you look at the top five passing offenses from last passing offenses in the NFL from last year, there are four teams in there that have a better system than they do an operator. Miami ranked number one. That's a McDaniel system. That's more McDaniel than Tua. I think a lot of people would say. Same thing goes with Detroit at yeah. number two. Is that the system or is that Jared Goff? We've seen Jared Goff in other situations. But for the Lions to be the second best passing offense in the NFL, I don't know. I want to give. I want to you know, Jared Goff had a great year, but the system made that happen. Same with That's same thing the, with Brock Purdy in situation. San Francisco, yeah. Right. yeah. Like and then Minnesota, fifth best passing offense in the NFL. They had a they had a stable of quarterbacks come in, but the head coach made it all work over there. So I, I do think in the NFL, a lot of times people get confused and say, well, you know, you need a top five quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I don't think that that's the case because if you have the right system, you can plug in, you know, an above average player. It doesn't have to be a top five, but maybe a top 12 guy. And he can turn that offense into a top five offense like the Lions did with Jared Goff, like the Dolphins did with Tua, like the Niners did with Brock Purdy, like the Vikings did with Josh Dobbs, Nick Mullins, and Kirk Cousins. Uh, Jaron Hall, you can throw in as well. So, uh, you know, to me, I think it's the system over the operator, but without having a capable operator, The system will fail. So it's a little give and take. You gotta have both. Well, and then then, like to win the the Super Bowl,
0: and then to win the damn thing, you have to have the ultimate talent. And that's why you know Mahomes was able to make the plays when Brock Purdy wasn't. And we've seen that pop up over and over and over, where the X factor, the difference maker, once you get in the game, is the dude. And Mm -hmm. that's where the Chiefs have that over just about everybody else. Uh, because nobody's been able to really beat Mahomes, uh, it, except for uh, Tom Brady a couple times in the playoffs and once in the Super Bowl, and then Joe Burrow. And so that's that's where you know, and Callahan was a part of that. So that's another thing too. So I think the good thing is the Tennessee Titans have a lot of pros in the pro con legal pad draw line down the center of it uh, situation for free agency. The pros are a bunch of money to spend, new head coach with a fresh mindset, a promising young quarterback. You throw in this no state income tax on top of you play in a division where Florida you play at least once a year and Texas you play at least once a year, no state income tax in those States either, because you pay taxes in the States you play in. And so when you're looking at the Tennessee Titans players, there's a minimum of eight, I guess a minimum of 10 or 11 games, depending on if they have nine home games or eight home games in a calendar. There's a minimum of 10 or 11 uh, games a year where there's no state income tax. That's a big deal when it, when that adds up overall. And then of course you've got Rain Carthon and what his reputation is around the league as being a people person and a really good creator of relationships It has also drawn in like the Denard Wilsons and and other bigger names when it comes to this coaching search. So I think that's a a really important thing is the Titans list of pros is pretty long. We're not going to go through the cons right now because that's a completely different show and topic, but we can probably do that later this week too. Uh, But the cons list is more of, are they ready to win? Or are you just going there to get paid right now? And what are you going to be competing for? So it's an interesting back and forth there for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And look, uh, just because I say that Callahan's more valuable right now doesn't mean that Will Levis holds no value. I think the fact that he can push the ball down the field and I think the fact that he turned uh, DeAndre Hopkins, not really he turned him, DeAndre Hopkins, has always been a 1,000-yard receiver. But I think the fact that DeHop was able to hit that number with Will Levis coming in you know, as a rookie halfway through the season, I think that that should give incoming wide receivers some confidence that, hey, you know, just because I produced in this system doesn't mean I have to take a step back switching to the Titans, uh, you know, as probably for saw it in years past, like they can easily pick up where they left off, hit the ground running with a, with a quarterback who's not afraid to make big time throws in big time situations. So while I believe that Callahan's more important now, I think that next season, Will Levis could vault himself into the top half of the league um, when it comes to quarterback talent. And that would change a, you know, an entire narrative, a two decade long narrative that the Titans have, you know, kind of, hanging over their heads like a dark cloud
0: speaking of narratives man that was beautiful jack there we're we about go. to debunk the dumbest the stupidest narrative that's been floating around this titans offseason to this point so debunking this dumb narrative that i don't understand how it got here and where it came from but we'll get to that here in a second but first farm your hell plans is where you should turn for all of your health coverage needs. They can take care of you uh, the way they've been doing for Tennesseans for 76-plus years at this point, going on year 77 for Farm Bureau Health Plans. They invest in their communities because that's what the state of Tennessee is all about, its community, and making sure that you can help Uh, your people out around you. They invest in the Titans. They invest in colleges like University of Tennessee and others across the state. And if you walk around the local baseball field uh, this upcoming spring, as you're watching your niece, your nephew, your son, your daughter uh, play, uh, you might see the Farm Bureau Health Plan signs out there on that fence in the outfield because they invest in those local communities, the deep local communities as well. So whenever you're looking for the right health plan, the health coverage for your family, regardless of the situation, Farm Bureau Health Plans can creatively come up with what you need specifically to fit your situation. And they've done that with Zach. They've done that with others in A to Z sports, and they can help you out for sure. And you can get started by getting a quote at Farm Bureau Health Plans by visiting fbhp.com slash ATOZ.
1: Visit betmgm.com if you're looking to get some skin in the game. Betmgm has a great selection. They've got live betting options. They've got parlay boosts they got boosted odds specials. They've got it all at BetMGM, and you can bet on just about any sport over there as well. So download BetMGM, but when you do that, new users plug in our bonus code A to Z sports and cash in on our great offer of $1,500 in bonus bets up to $1,500 in bonus bets. If your first bet misses, you're not going to start out in the red. Don't worry about going 0-1 and then having to chase. BetMGM is going to get you started on the right foot so download BetMGM, use our bonus code that you see on your screen, A to Z Sports, to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses.
0: Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee-only new customer offer. All promotions subject to qualifications, all the requirements. First online room, money wager only. Wards, you are knowledge of bonus bets. Bonus bets, expires, 7 days. and for problem games, call Tennessee Redline, 800-889-9789. All right, so Jack, I don't know where it came from or how it got here, but there is a really, really dumb narrative that's floating around Tennessee Titans social media that DeAndre Hopkins has an out in his contract that he can decide that it's like DeAndre Hopkins can just choose that he doesn't want to be with the Titans anymore and that he's gone. Like, have you seen this too? Because I, we've talked about it and have you know gone through this of uh, several times throughout the last month and a half. And it's still living. Like, I don't know how to kill this thing. I need to get an exterminator to just shoot in the face of all the people who think Deandre Hopkins can leave because you know, Lou man says D drop is gone. It's okay. And his nickname for D hop is D drop, which I think is also incredibly dumb, but he's not gone. He's staying right here. And so I don't understand where this came from, but Jack, I mean, you've seen this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It makes no sense. Like D. Hop's contract, sure, it was one year with a potential out, but I don't, I don't know what that really does because even if you move on from him, you still got to pay the man nearly eight million dollars. Doesn't make sense financially for the Titans, and it certainly doesn't make sense when you're looking to add weapons around a young quarterback in a new system. Why would you get rid of his best asset that he has returning? That does not help him grow. That does not help his development. Why would you want to get rid of D. Hop? The, the mission is to add more receivers not subtract the good ones away so this narrative is absolutely just mind-boggling i mean the common sense that's lacking in this discussion yes. is is startling right like yeah. it makes yeah. no sense
0: and i've seen uh i've seen somebody uh, on on the the comments bring up um jay jay says this ain't the nba right like everybody's played nba 2k on your Xbox or PlayStation, whichever is the gaming console of your choice, and you and you're creating this franchise or whatever in the in NBA 2K, and you get player options, right? Like players can decide this ain't the NBA. NFL players don't have contract options. Teams have contract options. There is a potential out for the DeAndre Hopkins contract, but the Tennessee Titans hold the keys to that. It is their option to cut DeAndre Hopkins. Just like every contract has, there's always a year where the team can decide to cut the player and save a good chunk of money. And that option for the Titans, that potential out is this off season, but it still makes zero sense to do that because in 2024, DeAndre Hopkins cap number is $18.3 million. They can cut DeAndre Hopkins before June 1st. And this is via over the cap the graphic that we're showing right now, you can cut D hop before June 1st and save $10.4 million. But that still means he is going to be counting 7.8 million of dead cap space to not play for you. So do you want Deandre Hopkins to play for you for a cap hit of 18.3? Or do you want Deandre Hopkins to not play for you, not play for you, but still have to owe him 7.8 on the cap? So, and people were bringing up the culprit in the chat. Apparently it's Tyler Rowland of Tic Tac Titans who has started this misinformation and spreading this news. If it, if that's the case, then shame on him because this is the dumbest narrative that I've seen floating around Titan social media for the last two months. It makes no sense. I don't know why it was misunderstood because this is not how the NFL works. DeAndre Hopkins is under contract. When a player is under contract, they can kick and scream all they want and try to force their way out but the team doesn't have to do a damn thing about that. They can keep them because they're under contract. That's what contracts mean.
1: Yeah, no, and and for the $10 million that you saved, do you really think you're going to be able to spend that money on a receiver that's going to produce more than DeAndre Hopkins? If so, you know, I got some land in Florida to sell you. So that's just, that's mind-numbing. It makes no sense whatsoever. And it makes the Titans a worse football team when the mission is clearly to get back to that level of contending in the AFC South, That goes against every single thing the Titans are trying to do right now. I don't know where it was made up or who made it up or who believes it has legs, but let's go ahead and kill that right now because that makes no sense for this team. That makes no sense for DeAndre Hopkins. It makes no sense for Will Levis, no sense for Brian Callahan, no sense for Rand Carthon. It's foolish and it's not going to happen.
0: Yes, and so somebody says, why would uh, they cut Hop, right? And Jacob Ray comes up, says, why would the Titans cut him? Well, if you're in a situation like you were last year, where Robert Woods had a similar type contract to DeAndre Hopkins, it didn't work out for Robert Woods and the Titans in the one year, uh, two seasons ago at this point. And so the Titans were able to save something like $12 million by cutting Robert Woods, who way underperformed. Diop was a thousand-year receiver and was uh, one of the lone bright spots on this organization in a six-win season. Robert Woods, you know, you cut Robert Woods because you were over the salary cap uh, number at that point. You had to cut Bud Dupree, Taylor LeJuan, Robert Woods to get back healthy again so you could do things like sign your draft class sign some free agents like Arden Key, uh, Andre Dillard, Aziz, and Sean Murphy Bunting and Brunskill to see what you can get out of that. But they're not in that situation. Like They don't have to do any work. They're already $65 million under the cap. So now there's no need to cut veteran highly paid contracts to save money like they were a year ago. A year ago, maybe that maybe DeAndre Hopkins is in a conversation. I still don't think it happens because he was a very good player, one of the best players you had last year.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, the other options for $10 million are what, like Tyler Boyd and, you know, Josh Reynolds after, you know, a resurgence or Curtis Samuel. Like, none of those guys are DeAndre Hopkins. None of those dudes can make the catches that we see, we saw DeHop make on a regular basis on the sidelines and in the end zone last season. It's just, that that's the Titans' best player on offense right now. It is. Like, think so? flat out. He's the best player the Titans have on offense. You know, I think that there's other guys with more potential, obviously, because of where DeHop is in his in his career, and, and you know, where Tajay Spears, Will Levis, and, uh, you know, maybe Skaronsky are in theirs, which is at the very beginning. But I, I don't, it doesn't make sense. You know, we, I understand wanting to have a young core and wanting to kind of start fresh. But who's going to show these guys the ropes? Who's going to show these guys how to be a pro? Who's going to show these guys how to win in this league? This guy who's been there and done that like DeAndre Hopkins. Saving $10 million to get rid of him when you're going to pay him eight. That's a no win situation. And I'm, I'm glad that I guess if it was tic-tac Titans, I'm I'm glad that he's the one that's not in the GM chair because my God, what a disaster that would be.
0: Yeah. Again, I I don't get it. It it needs to go the hell away. And I might have our social team cut up a clip of me saying, and how dumb this is. And I don't know where it came from, why it happened uh, just so we can continue to spread the word. The Deandre Hopkins does not have an out a, a player out option in his contract because those don't exist in the NFL. So for anybody else that needs to hear it, and if you're watching and you're like, I got it, Austin, I got it. Then go tell a friend, spread the word. (laughs) Deandre Hopkins cannot opt out of his Tennessee Titans contract. Deandre Hopkins is under contract for the 2024 season the Tennessee Titans, the only people that can decide DeAndre Hopkins uh, won't be around this year is Rank Carthon, Chad Brinker, and Brian Callahan. That triumvirate, they can decide if they want to move on from Diop, which they're not going to because they want good football players. And DeAndre Hopkins is a damn good football player. He's not going anywhere.
1: There. Plain and simple. It shouldn't, it's, okay. This is not a hard concept, people.
0: No. <laughs> it's, it's, I feel like the lady in the Geico commercial, when they're sitting in the old person's house, and like, I put all my pictures up on my wall. And like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. It's it's not just how the NFL set up. So that's my point about it. Now, Jack, you did say something. You think DeAndre Hopkins is the best player on the Titans offense is he the most valuable player on the Titans offense? So let's ask that question. Who is currently Uh the most valuable player on the Titans offense? Currently right now. Now they're going to add players, obviously. But who is currently the most valuable player on the Titans offense? We'll get to your uh, comments about that one. But first, I'll tell you guys all about our friends at the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. They are the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever that injury pops up out of nowhere in life, that derails your rhythm, derails your routine, gets you out of work, keeps you all on the sidelines during the social gatherings you want to have. The Bone and Joint Institute is where you need to come, uh, go to, and get that uh, taken care of because they have the experts and the resources all under one roof uh, in Franklin, Tennessee, just off the interstate. You see their uh, facility in the graphic down there below. It's beautiful, it has everything in it clinics, surgery center, rehab facility, state of the art, on top of all the testing and all those imaging machines as well to make you go one location for every, every step of the way to get back to your recovery, tn.org to book an appointment, tn.org.
1: BetMGM.com. Use our bonus code A to Z sports. If you're a new user or you're looking to switch sports books, sign up with a new one, do it with BetMGM, do it the right way. It's the king of sports books. And, and why are they the king of sports books? Because they run amazing promotions like this one. Use A to Z sports when you sign up and you'll receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. It's a great deal. They want you to start off in the green. So go ahead and take their free money. Download BetMGM and get started. If you need to scratch that itch in sports betting, if you want to put some skin in the game, uh, in a lazy NFL offseason, if you want to get in on the MLB, NHL, NBA, college basketball, college baseball, whatever it is, do it with BetMGM. Download, use our bonus code A to Z sports, get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. With code A to Z Sports.
0: All right. So, Jack, I'll see you in the chat. You said D Hop is the best player on the Titans offense, but who is the most valuable player currently on the Titans offense? Because Derrick Henry is not on the Titans offense anymore. So, who is the most valuable player on the Titans offense currently before we see who is added uh, throughout the free agency process and the NFL draft? What's the chat saying on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch?
1: Eric on YouTube starts us off with D Hop. Um Stephen King says Levis. Jody says Spear. So three different answers right off the bat. Titans Kyle says it's a QB. Nate and Linwood believe it's D Hop. Chris says it's Levis. Um Hello Lady says Henry, even though he's not here anymore, or at least isn't expected to be back. Um D Hop from William. Levis from Steve. Uh Skaronsky from Jeff, because he's young and a good O lineman. But how much value do you put on even the best offensive guard? That's the question. Um, Levis, honestly, from IR Hoshi. Levis, then Spears from JR. Levis from Thea and Deshaun and Hoshi. Brandon believes it's D-Hop. Darren says it's Levis. Jason says it's Spears. Levis from uh, Derek, we've got um Levis from Timmy and Patrick and Steele. But what Jaron says, it's D-Hop. Left tackle who doesn't exist right now from Demetrius uh, might be a rookie. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, that's he says lol. Uh, ill will will Levis from Richie Guzman. Um, Spears Levis Levis NWI, shout out NWI. Um, my also answer, a free
0: agent. NWI is yes, a free
1: agent, that's true. God, I hope he's back. Um, anyways, this to me, it's Levis, right? I think that you almost have to exclude levis from this conversation because levis is such a no-brainer right in any good offense in any productive offense you need a you know capable quarterback
0: i don't think you're i don't think you can exclude levis from the conversation it's the most valuable player on offense you can exclude the quarterback from the conversation okay
1: well I, i just think it's such a layup answer that it's will levis because we saw what the titans offense looked like without will levis ryan Tannehill was so bad And then when Will Levis took over the reins against the Falcons, four touchdowns. The offense flowed with Will Levis back there. The issue is keeping Will Levis upright. I think that without Will Levis, maybe Brian Callahan doesn't come to the Titans. You know, if that situation is still unresolved or you're looking to fix it through the draft, maybe it's a less attractive destination than already having Will Levis in place. So to me, it's Will Levis just because he's going to be on the field all the time. He's going to be touching the ball every single play. And, you know, it's a guy who the Titans are looking to turn the page in what they do on offense and how they win football games. Well, they're only looking to move forward in that direction because they have a guy in Will Levis who can do some of that stuff. I understand Tajay Spears. And, you know, sometimes the most valuable guy can do, you know, the most amount of things at a high level. Like Tajay Spears can catch the ball, can run the ball, can return the ball if you need him to. I doubt they put him in that situation next year because of how important he'll be to this offense. But Tajay Spears is probably the most versatile player on this offense. Not—it's a yeah. different V word. Will yeah. Levis is the most valuable. DeAndre Hopkins is the best. All three of those—all three of those answers are different. DeAndre Hopkins is established. He was a 1,000-yard receiver per his position on the Titans roster. He probably ranks the highest on the list, right? Will Levis is probably not a top 20 quarterback, um, at least yet. Tajay Spears is not a top 20 running back yet. DeAndre Hopkins is a top 20 wide receiver. You can make a case that he's top 15. I don't think the Titans have another position on their offense that has a guy top 15 in his position. So that's why DeAndre Hopkins is the best, but the most valuable is Will Levis because of what he can do when he's behind the wheel of this of this car. Uh you know, he can take them he can take them to their destination. He can put the football in places that a lot of quarterbacks can't. He's got great instincts when he wants to tuck it and run. He's got a competitive drive that that should fuel the team you know, in, in situations when they're down, like it did against Miami. So Will Levis is the most valuable player. Tajay Spears is the most versatile player. Deandre Hopkins is the best player.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I have to agree. I think, you know, I, I hate what I'm about to say. If you go off of Madden ratings, Deandre Hopkins is going to be the highest rated offensive player on Madden. That doesn't necessarily mean anything for Madden ratings because those are stupid in general, uh, but uh, he is the best player, yeah. And Will Levis and his value, uh, really I think shows out for DeAndre Hopkins pre Will Levis and DeAndre Hopkins after Will Levis. Like, sure, DeHop Hop had a couple of nice games where he had hundred and forty something yards in Indianapolis with Ryan Tannehill, but DeAndre Hopkins had zero receiving touchdowns in his in the first six games of the season. And then in Will Levis' first game of the season, he had three touchdowns. <laughs> and then he continued to catch touchdowns from Levis over the next couple of months. And then finally, Ryan Tannehill came back and spot duty towards the end. And uh, you saw D-Hop continue his hot streak and really became uh, a, a, a stud within this offense. So I, I do agree uh, that Will Levis is the most valuable because he his fearlessness, his ability uh, to create plays Unlocked everybody else, where and I just saw Nate's Nate's burner just comment this as right as I was about to get into it. Poor Diop was handicapped by Tannehill. It's like it's like with Ryan Tannehill's PTSD and how whatever happened with Tannehill the last year of his process slowing it just put a shorter ceiling on everybody else, like it, like. Made you have to play in a in a six foot ceiling where you're like constantly crunched down. You feel like you can't breathe, and Mm -hmm. that's where I that was the difference in Levis versus Tannehill.
1: Yeah, and like when when you say most valuable, you also have to consider who's behind these guys, right? Like, does the Titans' offense function without Will Levis and with another guy that's on the roster behind him, like a Malik Willis? I don't believe that it does. Now, could the offense still work if you had D Hop miss a couple of games? Will Levis is still in there and you got to throw to maybe Chris Moore instead or, or NWI or maybe Chig gets a few extra targets or Tajay gets a few extra targets. I think the offense could still function. I don't think that that's a winning recipe, right? But I think that it could still function better without D-Hop as opposed to without Levis. Like having D-Hop with a bad quarterback, what's the use, right? I, I mean, it's it makes no sense. And, you know, we come up with good questions before the show to ask the chat, but sometimes the chat, has good questions that I believe that we should answer. And I think one of those comes from Justin on YouTube says, you know, the answer to this question could come down to just who has the best trade value. It's a really interesting question because right. Will Levis and Tajay Spears, both really young Deandre Hopkins, more established, but I think the going rate for quarterbacks is always going to be higher. So if you do boil it down to trade value, I think that Will Levis probably takes the cake there. Deop's probably not worth a first round pick. Maybe not even worth a second round pick based on where he is in his career mm-hmm. and his age. So, you know, I think that Will Levis even wins in that discussion.
0: I think but, the hardest uh, thing is like, question. Yeah. The hardest thing about the trade because last year, I mean, I guess you would still say, I don't know if we ever did this because it didn't matter. Right. Like asking who was the Titans MVP in 2023 was such an irrelevant question to have a topic on for a show because Vrabel got fired. It was a six and 11 year. But Typically, the most valuable player is Derrick Henry. But the Titans won more games with Levis than they did with Tannehill. So you would think that, I guess they were technically, they won each starter, each starting quarterback won three games. So that was incorrect what I said. Because Tannehill got the last win in Jacksonville, uh, against Jacksonville last week of the season. But, you know, was, was Derrick Henry the most valuable player for the Titans last year? Or was it Will
1: Levis? Well, I, I think it was Will Levis because Derek Henry behind Tannehill, Derrick, like the offensive line did not help Derrick Henry whatsoever. I I think that Will Levis kind of transformed the offense a little bit when he took over, right? Like Derrick Henry wasn't significantly better or significantly worse when the quarterback change happened. DeAndre Hopkins was, um, but that's because, you know, quarterback, wide receiver kind of go hand in hand there. Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of where i stand on this I, I do believe that will levis is the most valuable player and, and you know what could really what, what could really make this uh, argument you know solidified is if they brought war the war stat wins above replacement that baseball oh loves to use if they brought that into the nfl we could see how each player performs um you know based upon the average level of play from their position in the league see who's better or worse than the league average that would help us out a lot but Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that Will Levis, and I I feel strongly about it, is the most valuable player on the Titans' offense.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I'm doing some quick math, all right? So it looks like in the Titans' six wins, Derrick Henry had, I think, right at 600 rushing yards total in those six wins. So, you know, roughly 100 yards a game. In six wins. And Stephen's right. Don't do math on air. But I'm going to do it, Jack. Are you ready for this?
1: Let's do it.
0: 80 yards against the Chargers. 122 against the Bengals. I'm just going to say an even 200. That's that's fairly easy. 101 against Atlanta. Screw it. We're going exact. 303 in the first three wins for the season. Now that's 76 in the win over Carolina. So that makes it go up to uh, 379. 379. Then just 34 against Miami. So 379 plus 34, Jack.
1: 413.
0: 413. And then in Jackson, against Jacksonville, 153. So 413. So not quite. So 466. Uh, or 566. 566 in those six wins. So under 100 yards a game. But pretty damn close. But Derrick mm-hmm. Henry, that's half of his rushing yards in six out of 17 games so clearly he is he was valuable to the offense because Tannehill won three Levis won three but Derrick Henry having a successful efficient game is the was the was still the recipe for the Titans winning but you know they lost 11 and just won six so that shows you the flaw in their overall concept uh there sure
1: so. but with the scheme change and with the new coaching staff I think that yeah. It's pretty clear that they need to maximize Levis's talents, and they plan on using Will Levis as the centerpiece of this offense, as they should moving forward. And you know, Derrick Henry kind of played that role for the Titans when Tannehill was there. We knew what Tannehill could provide—more of a game manager. Don't turn it over. You know, make efficient throws in the red zone, and boom, call it a day. And that's a, and that's a successful day. You probably win if that all those things happen. Now with Levis, he doesn't he doesn't just have to do those things, right? Like he's allowed to be a game changer not a game manager, and that's that's why he's going to be the most valuable player on this offense moving forward.
0: Yeah, all right. Uh, super chat to come in here before we get to uh, throw in shade. Andre says Papa Bill will prove to be the most valuable for the offense when he turns this O-line around and makes Skaronsky the left tackle. We thought uh, the Titans were drafting an 11. I, I, I don't think uh, Peter Skaronsky is going to left tackle. Uh, Brian Callahan in an interview last year said he was the best offensive lineman in the draft uh, as a guard. And so I think Brian Callahan views Skaronski as a guard. Um, I think, uh, Bill Callahan, we asked most valuable player, not coach or not person, but yeah, Bill Callahan's obviously a big deal when it comes to, uh, this offense and the the conversations that we're going to have about it, uh, moving forward. Any thoughts on that before we jump to shade?
1: No, I mean the Callahan's comments obviously stick out to me, right? Like you, you hit it. He said that he was the best, he was his favorite offensive lineman coming out, but at the same time, you know, he saw him at a guard because of the lack of length that he has in his arms. Um, I do believe that if the Titans can't figure it out at left tackle or something disastrous happens to their left tackle midseason, that maybe that conversation shifts a little bit. I think that this coaching staff's gonna be more willing to kind of turn over every stone and kind of uh, you know. Find solutions where the previous staff probably wouldn't look or wouldn't even try, which is Skaranti moving out to left tackle last year when Will Levis was getting destroyed on the on his blind side all season. So I do think that they'll be a little more proactive to fix problems on the O line uh, by moving people around. But if all goes well, Skaranti's going to be rooted at left guard and he's going to do an excellent job there.
0: Yeah. Hey, all right. Now time for some shade. I shout out Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or check them out online at Wilson County, Throw in throwing shade on this Tuesday. Uh, no age game this week. Cause we took uh we took Monday off, decided to get a little R and R with a good opportunity for a national holiday for uh, us to not have to force some topic on a Monday. Uh, but all right, stolen shade here on this show. If you've got shade, Hit us with it. We wrap up every Tuesday show with Throwing Shade. So whatever you got to get off your chest, you can do that now. Jack, do you have shade to share?
1: I do. And it's, it's going to go out to baseball fans who don't watch college baseball. Here's the deal. Like baseball has changed so much over the last two decades. It's changed from when I was a kid to where it is now. The pitch clock and all these different rules, different size bases the game has changed. There's no doubt about it. And while the MLB has changed and, you know, maybe rub some people the wrong way or is less attractive than it once was go to college baseball, college. base. If you're an sec team, if you're an sec fan, there is a 90% chance your favorite school has a really good baseball program. Okay. The sec is absolutely loaded. Once again, it's no longer hard to watch just about every single sec team is going to be playing on espn plus you know there's going to be occasions where they're on the sc network or espn2 um some nationally televised games that way and it's so the intensity that these guys play with they got they pitch with it they hit with it when they hit a home run they go crazy it's 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 it gives me energy watching some of these teams play some of these really good teams play and Just because you haven't tried it doesn't mean that it sucks, right? Like, try it first and then come back to me. If you hate it after you try it, which I don't think you will, then let me know. That's fine. If if that's the case, then don't watch it. But I guarantee you, those of you who haven't given it a chance yet, who like baseball, are missing out. This sport is so much fun. It's just gotten going. We had opening weekend this past weekend. A lot of great results from SEC clubs. And, you know, there's only more to come. And, And you're watching tomorrow's stars today in college baseball. So if you're a baseball fan at all and you haven't yet gotten into college baseball, do it now. It scratches that itch before the pitchers and catchers report spring training, it gets you everything you need It gets it fixes that craving for baseball that you're missing. Now that football season's over with get into college baseball. If you're an sec fan, or if you're a baseball fan, I promise you won't regret it.
0: College baseball greater than major league baseball. As far as like entertainment value for me.
1: Oh, that's fair. I I do think that, you know, you know, if you have an ML and that's, you know, a lot of that probably plays the fact that you know we didn't grow up with a baseball team here. I'm a diehard Braves fan and they've been very fun to watch and entertaining to watch over the last two decades. I think so it's I'm just still easy. MLB over college. I just think it comes down intense. to
0: yeah, the games weren't because you know, I remember I remember when Zach and I were on radio, this is you know, approaching 10 years ago, that somebody called in and was like, You guys aren't talking about you know, the Braves or it was somebody was on a winning streak or, or a, I don't know. Somebody called in and was like, you guys aren't talking about this baseball story or like what happened. I'm like, well, it's because it doesn't matter. Like it's like the middle of the summer. If you lose or win on a game, then you just play the next day. It does like, if you, ah, shucks out, oh, you play tomorrow. Like it's, there's not the intensity. There's not the gravity on results in baseball or in hockey or even in the NBA like there is in the college versions of those sports. The fact that baseball has these leagues like the sec or the conference series, the weekend series, there's some, there's weight on it. Like it matters on what those series are because you're trying to get to the tournament and the tournament's more intense as well, because you don't have 160 games to get there. I, I just like the setup of, the drama and the intensity that you said. Like that's why I think college baseball works is because it is super insane and intense and you've got rivalries and you've got college kids doing dumb things that make the games unpredictable.
1: Yeah, exactly. And look, you mentioned it. 55 games in a college baseball season compared to 162 in the MLB. Each game is three times more valuable in the the college level than it is at the MLB level. And another thing at the MLB, like you, how many times do you play teams in your division? Like what? Eight times a year, eight different series or something like that in college. You see everybody in the SEC once. And if you don't beat them, they've got bragging rights over you for the rest of the year and the off season.
0: They've got tiebreakers over you. They've got all these different things. Every series matters in college baseball. Yeah.
1: Every game is so important and it's pitched that way and it's coached that way. And it's taught that way. It's, it's baseball at its purest form, I believe. And, You know, while it's not perfect and, you know, these kids don't execute at the same level as the MLB guys, it's still so much fun because of – you just feel the weight of every pitch in college, and that's why I love it so much.
0: All right, more shade to uh, get to here. I'm trying to scroll back up uh, to the top of the shade. Titans Cal says throwing shade at no age game. Eh, it'll be back next Monday. Uh, Thea says shade on the NBA All-Star game. I did see another one. Jay says shade on the NBA all-star game, the most defensive sporting events you'll ever witness. They got to fix yeah, that. I'm why? not really. I mean, they don't like,
1: well, it used to be amazing, right? When, the, when the stars wanted to be stars and they wanted to, to play against the best and, you know, kind of show what they can do against the the top talent in the world. Now, what, I've, what I, what and we me and my friends are talking about this because we love the NBA, but we understand that it has flaws. If you want to make the all-star game right again, you got to threaten to take it away. You gotta say, you know what? No game anymore. We'll just, you know, we'll we'll have our list of all stars. You can do the dunk and the three-point competition. We're not gonna play that. Also
0: bad. Dunk contest, jump the shark. Horrible. Horrible. Well, there's just nothing else to do. Like people just repeating things over and over. And yeah. So
1: jump over the tallest guy in the arena every single time. Yeah.
0: We've we've done all the dunks. Yeah, we've done all the cool dunks. Like the human being is not getting that much more explosive to do different things and spend more or do more or anything else. Like it's just we've kind of maxed out our dunk creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but I think for the for the NBA, the result has to mean something, or it's a race to a certain point total. Don't don't make sport. it a clock. Like make it a race to seventy, or some I don't know. Make it a well, race. Well, they, they to have 100.
1: that right. They had that. The fourth quarter you the team that was ahead had to score 24 points the Kobe number and the game was then over. So you had a score you were racing to. Which is yeah, a great but you idea. You
0: wasted all the time for the first 3 quarters.
1: Sure. A lot of people do want to see trick shots stuff but the, the the intensity's not there. Another idea, make it like how the MLB used to work. The winning conference of the All-Star game gets home court in the finals. Then which we'll is see two, who's trying. Yeah. Yeah, then, then we'll see, because I think that could make a major difference.
0: Yeah, um, let's see, more shade coming in. Uh, Rooney says, shade on gas prices climbing again. Yep, that just what happens. The Power Hour says, shade on us this morning. I can either confirm or deny if Tyler started it or didn't start the DeHop narrative, but it's a little unprofessional to throw a guy under the bus without all the facts. Look, I mean, yeah, I don't have the facts. I was just going off of, the dozens of comments that said that he started it. And I said, if that's true, then shame on him. But yeah, I mean, if you want to throw shade at me, that's fine for, for bringing it up. I don't have all the facts. I'm just going off of a lot of people commented that it was him that started it all. So there's at least something to it. Either he started it or he misrepresented it and allowed it to fester. But what we are doing is trying to be as clear as possible. DeAndre Hopkins does not have a player out option on his contract. The Titans do, which the Titans are probably not going to do. Uh, Jeff says shade on Michigan fans claiming Bama cheated or tampered with their player when they refuse to acknowledge they cheated themselves. Man, we're about to ha- I'm going to have to put a Ohio State slash Michigan shade ban on Jeff to go outside of his comfort zone. Sean <laughs> says uh, counter shade on Jacks. It's very hard... To find the most uh, most That's college baseball games it's on TV, it's not
1: though ESPN Plus. If you have it, they have all kinds of games. I mean, you can watch High Point play Grand Canyon on ESPN Plus. Schools that you've never heard of are available to watch. It's not hard to watch anymore. That's why I don't love that excuse. It's all on ESPN Plus. Download it, subscribe. It's so worth it, and you'll get to watch all of the college baseball that your heart desires.
0: Yeah, uh, let's see. Demetrius has shade on Sony and Marvel for creating the uh, Madam Web. It's awesomely bad. Superhero movies are on life support. I know nothing about that. Jack, do you know anything about that?
1: No, I've heard I've heard some of the reviews from Madam Web though. And it's it's kind of along the lines that Demetrius is stating there. But I, I've kind of been out on superhero movies ever since like The Dark Knight. Uh, again, I, I've never been like a Marvel Universe guy. So I'm I'm selling myself short there. I know that I'm missing out on some good stuff. But it's just not really my lane, honestly.
0: Yeah, I don't care about like what blows up the biggest. Like, yeah, like Dark Knight was like, yes, Dark Knight was that. And I was like, okay, I don't need any other, no superhero movies. I don't care. Like, people are creating seems like new superheroes. Joker was
1: good, but it was like tough to watch.
0: But that's not like a superhero movie. That was like a drama, wasn't it?
1: yeah the, yeah you when you left this when, when you left the theater, even if you weren't a smoker, it's like, oh my gosh, like I think I need a cigarette to calm down after that. <laughs> like, it, it, it was like that heavy when you left the theaters after watching Joker,
0: oh man, uh my shade is <laughs> on my shade is the uh the couple that my wife and I sat next to at brunch on Sunday that would not shut up. They were having the most annoying conversation I have ever heard. You know when you go to restaurants and they sit like the the two top tables and you're basically like like you can like probably tap elbows like you're that close, which is yeah, not usually not a big that. deal. Usually not a big deal for us because normally you know we'll have a polite you know pleasantries and then we can go about our own conversations. But this couple, I believe, probably in their mid twenties, were sucking up all the air around that we were unable to have our own conversation because their conversation was such a humble brag one-up competition that I have ever heard in my life. Talking about themselves, they're talking about their diets, their exercise plans, their exes, what their exes were in college. The most self-involved, inflated ego, probably based off of insecurities I've ever heard in my entire life And when they left, we had like an exhale of like, oh my God, thank God. It was so miserable. Now, we did have an incredible time talking about it after we left because we're just sitting there like making like faces at each other of like, oh my, can you believe this is happening? And so that is my shade for the worst, the worst conversation I've ever been forced to overhear in my entire life. And again, forced to overhear. There was no avoiding this. It was it was right there the whole time.
1: That those restaurants that do seat you know you know the the tables of two like right next to each other where it's you know kind of an extended table of four where you even if you try and tune them out you still hear them when you know there's silence between you know you you and whoever you're with. Th- those are the worst because and- you're you're gonna hear they're gonna listen you're gonna listen like it's it's just it's a mess and it needs that, that's something that we got to figure out.
0: And, and like uh, Clayton says, sounds like a good time for them. Mind your business, Austin. It's not like, it's it's the fact of like their subject matter and how everything was a, it felt like a one-up competition, but in the most attempted, I don't care, like vibe. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it does. It was such a, like a uppity like vibe to it it was just really cringy it was bad so that Uh, is my thing
1: the cat man is throwing shade at me for pretending that nwi is valuable and being so ready to move on with the king cat man the last thing in the world i want to do is move on from derrick henry i want him back next year i want him i understand that you know it might not make sense cap wise and where the titans are you know heading there's nobody else in this world who would be more heartbroken than me than if I saw Derrick Henry wear another team's colors. There's no, what nobody exists. So the fact that I'm so ready to move on from the King is just, is blatantly false. And me pretending NWI is valuable. Look, I love NWI. He's come on our podcast. He's a great dude. He has absolutely exceeded what anybody thought he would ever do here. It's hard to really ever throw shade at NWI because he's been forced into positions where he's probably not very comfortable Yet he still finds a way to make an impact on the field. You know, whether it's a wide receiver two impact or a wide receiver one impact, you're never going to get that from him. But the fact that, you know, he was willing to, you know, you know, or not that he was willing to, but that he was able to produce in some big moments, some third downs, some touchdowns, you know, that's why I like NWI. I, 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 I know his true value and I know that he might not fit into what Callahan wants to do, but I, I, you're, I'm never going to hate on NWI for what he did for the Titans. He's one of the best undrafted free agents the Titans have ever hit on. So that's where I stand on that.
0: There you go. All right. Hit that like button. And then neither, neither Facebook or YouTube is over a hundred likes. We got 78 on Facebook and about 93 on YouTube. We need more likes on the show as we head out of here. So hit that like button. Buck Rising is live back tonight for A to Z Sports Primetime after our long holiday weekend. So please hit that like button on the way out the door. Uh, Buck live tonight. Uh, I'll check with Sam about Titans at 2. He might have something in store, and we'll have a great rest of the week moving forward as we get closer and closer to the NFL Combine and more important dates across the NFL offseason. So hit that like button, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow on a Wednesday. Appreciate it as always.